course, that's a fugazi. All right. That's a fugazi. How do you know it's a fugazi? You looked at it for two seconds. What? It's a fake. fake. Yeah, I know what a fugazi is. It's all a fugazi. You know what a fugazi is? Mm. Fugazi. It's a fake. Yeah, fugazi, fugazi. It's a wazi. It's a woozy. It's a. Coin Fugazi. Coin Fugazi. Coin Fugazi. Coin Fugazi. Coin Fugazi. Coin Fugazi. Welcome to the Coin Fugazi podcast. I'm your host, C. Edward Kelso. And this is a segment taken from a much more in depth interview in Coin Fugazi podcast episode one which is published in its entirety as a standalone episode. But what you're listening to is a part of that much, much, much longer uh, discussion. So if it sounds a little truncated or cut off at one point, and you're like, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, where did that come from? Uh, that's because it, again, is a part of that much longer, much more in-depth uh, interview in episode one. So if you want more of this discussion... Uh, more in-depth, or you want to see where it was, where it came in the context of another part of the conversation, check out Coin Fugazi Episode 1 with Jonathan Tumim. Otherwise, enjoy! Coin Fugazi proudly uses Read.Cash to help distribute our content. Head out to Read.Cash forward slash at Coin Fugazi, all one word, and check out how we're incorporating the platform. Then, also check out how people and businesses from all over the world are using crypto as a currency, rather than just speculating, to demonstrate the power of peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash. Tip, comment, blog, join communities, and so much more. That's R-E-A-D dot C-A-S-H. Read dot cash. The, the, the Grasberg DAA comes out and then we're, we're sort of lost on, and I'm using that loosely um, for, for literary effect. The community is kind of lost on um, coin emission, drift, um, things that a lot of uh, the, tech, the, the less technical guys like myself uh, are just having to kind of grapple with and kind of get into the weeds and, and so on. And then there's another developer meeting after that and i thought well this is going to be i think it was i want to say july 27th or something and um yeah, something like that yeah and and i was like this now this is going to be interesting like this is going to be a really interesting you know there's a working group that's that's on telegram um also put together by uh, fellows like shama chancellor um and mangarian anthony zeggers uh, from from ABC and Shama, uh, formerly from ABC. So th there's a lot of synergy going on, and now there are, there are two proposals. And from the outside looking in, I, I think sort of the regular sort of casual tourist could be excused for, okay, well, there are two proposals. Let the best one sort of win out, however that's determined, however the, the nerds and the geeks uh, flesh that out. But something happened at the very last developer meeting that caused you is again, and, and, and I've only really, you've been on my radar for just a couple of years. 
So forgive me if I if I mischaracterize you here, but for the most part, when I see you post anywhere, it's very care- not that you're not being careful here, but it's it's careful language. There's you know you you try to be generous and you know hand off dispassionate perhaps. Right, right. Okay, I'll just say it this way: it's kind of your your posts are cold and he, just the facts, ma'am. You know, here's here's what's going on. The after that. So I'm, I'm going to let you kind of get in because you were that at that what effectively I, I think is the last DAA <laughs> meeting. I could be wrong, uh, but three. Uh, right, you it was a series you, of three. Right, you, you post uh, dark secrets of the Grasberg DAA after that meeting, and something happened in that meeting that I think unless unless you had this in your head that you were going to write this uh, from the get go, which which uh, uh, in my my cinematic heart of hearts here. I, I want to say you didn't, uh, but I have no proof of that. Um, so I, I, I think something happened in that meeting uh, that I heard that caused you to go, okay, that's it, guys. I'm the, you, you've released JT. So you knew Jonathan Tumim, but now, now you're going to get JT. And uh, how am I doing so far with uh, characterizing? Because it's, it's definitely a different tone from the last couple of years, right? Um. There was a switch. There was uh, something that changed. It was not at the the developer meeting. Um, that was the developer meeting was long after that switch had changed. Um, the switch was basically um, when I was about one third of the way through reading the Grasper DA announcement. Um, that's when I started to get angry, and mm. um, it took me a long time to uh, not be angry. Um, for the first few days after the Grasberg DAA thing uh, was announced, I was really struggling to not weigh in with my personal opinion on Grasberg and to uh, try to allow Omri's proposal to uh, reach a fair audience and to let the Bitcoin Cash community weigh in on it themselves. And um, so I, I, when I interjected, it was, um, either to you know, say, hey, code is there, there was a proposal um, to like, address the um, manner in which, uh, he did, in which Omri had uh, made the announcement, or to interject very specific facts um, that I thought were missing from the proposal and which I thought um, seemed to be either very neglectful or intentionally misleading um, uh, omissions. So things like the 11.25 minute block time that we're going to be experiencing or we were going to be experiencing for uh, several years that was not mentioned in the Grassberg announcement. So I thought that that was a um, sufficiently factual and dispassionate thing that I could point that out. Um, but other than that, I tried not to um, interject with any actual criticisms to the public. Um, that said, I did find it uh, to be acceptable to state my criticisms in the Telegram working group and uh, to the, um, the developer meeting. Um, but um, after about a week of that, so I think the Grassberg article was on Wednesday that was published, the announcement. Um, around Friday or so of the next week, um, it was clear that uh, the dust was not settling. There was not a conclusion being made. There was continuous strife 
and um, the neutrality that I had been trying to um, maintain, I'll admit unsuccessfully, I was not completely neutral, but the holding of myself back, um, at that point I decided that it was actually making a split more likely, not less likely. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to, uh, to try to settle the matter. And, and Grassberg was presented. So, so if people are listening to Jonathan's language, which he chooses words very carefully, whereas I just kind of fling them around wherever I find them, he's hitting on words like collaborative and so on. And that has been a constant um, bromide against ABC for as long as I can remember. And so Grassberg was presented almost in a, in a like fitting the stereotype of ABC, you know, he, we're, uh, and I don't have the language in front of me, but we're, you know, we're moving forward with this. Uh, we are moving forward with the Grassberg DA. Bitcoin ABC is moving forward with the Grassberg right. DA. Right. Thank you. Yeah. And thanks so long, and thanks for the fish. And that's an interesting tactic to take. And I saw it. So without even reading it or understanding its technicals, I was like, that though that language was strategic. That that was chosen on purpose. Yeah. Do you think so? It seemed it seemed like a snub. Um, it seemed like an intentional snub. Um, or to try to trigger, like, right? And it also seemed like a an attempt to set a shelling point. If you want mm-hmm. to avoid uh, a split, the way to do that is to side with the, the side that has the most power and the most decis- decisiveness. My side was giving forth a proposal. His side was giving forth a conclusion. Therefore, if you want to maintain unity and uh, prevent the currency's value from tinking, you should all side with the side that has unity. Mm-hmm. And the side that has unity also did solve the problem that we were uh, setting out to solve. It does actually fix the oscillations, or at least most of them. So not only do you get oscillations, but you also get this side benefit of historical drift correction and future drift correction. Um, so yeah, it seemed to be... Yeah. Um, very much an attempt to spin uh, the issue and to um, to consolidate power, basically. So I I have a a, a, a nice rapport with with Amarisa Shea of ABC, and I find him to just be a peach from a journalistic point of view. So I don't have to work with him on a protocol level um, or try to do business with him necessarily. So I find him to be very accessible. Anytime I want him on, he comes on. Uh, I need a quote. He's there, and he's willing to to speak with me. So that is a long way to go to say I asked him about Grasberg, and um, I don't think he would mind me saying this. And I said, uh, "Hey, uh, you know, you know, he, he he he, at least to me, for whatever this is worth, he really thought Grasberg was better." And Again, from my outside, I'm trying to handicap this and try to play it straight down the middle. Um, I saw Grasberg as as a like a really interesting game theory strategic choice, and I was like, he is on purpose. And I I did not say this to him. He is on purpose trying to trigger these guys. Like they, something's going on here. So your article, your um, uh, I'll just call it Dark Secrets, um, comes out on, on read.cash. And, you know, after just a blistering deconstruction of 
Grasberg, you have this really interesting paragraph, which it's it's Jonathan Tuman trying to talk sense into JT, right? So here's the paragraph. I want to read it. Amarisa Shea has done good things for Bitcoin Cash in the past. In 2017, he and Free Trader created Bitcoin Cash, and Amari has worked hard for three years to maintain Bitcoin Cash's most popular full node and to keep the code secured against attack. He helped us free ourselves from control of Blockstream after the transition Bitcoins, after they, excuse me, transitioned Bitcoin's economy to a high fee constrained block size regimen and attempted to push Bitcoin's users towards Blockstream's own product, Liquid. For his help with that, we will always be grateful to Omri. So <laughs> that is like, other than there's another part of this where you say, hey, if they want to come back and help us or whatever, uh, that's fine. But, you know, that's that's the loan concession. You know, you, you are setting it like, hey, I don't want to just, you know, brigade this guy. This this is, you know, he's, he's valuable. Um, did, did you choose that strategically or did it just come naturally in, in the course of your, your, your thinking? Both. Um, so there's, you know, there's, um, in classic rhetoric, there's a form for how essays are written. Um, there's like the refutatio, um, there's the addressing of the other side of the issue. And um, like, if I didn't say that, um, people would uh, uh, bring that up because it is a valid point and it's an important point. But it's also something that I think I really, I actually do like Henri a lot. Um, mm. I think that he's a brilliant guy and he's done a lot of amazing things for uh, Bitcoin Cash. But unfortunately for whatever reason, um, he doesn't work as a leader for Bitcoin Cash. Um, so I think it's important to remember that, like, even if a person is a good person, they can be really bad at a certain role. Um, and uh, I wanted to make sure that when we think of Henri, we don't think of him as an enemy. We just think of him as a friend who, who needed to be helped in the hardest way possible. Um, he needed to be moved into a role in which, uh, in which he was not a harm to others and in which um, he was not in a perpetual state of fear and games. Um, like I think that a lot of what's going on with Omri is actually that he is perpetually afraid of security bugs in the code. He's per perpetually afraid of um, government actors or um, operatives from other coins that want to see Bitcoin Cash fail. He's always afraid that somebody is going to attack uh, or something is going to happen to destroy his creation. And so I think a lot of the behavior that he takes makes a lot of sense within that light. Uh, for example, the stonewalling of uh, projects and proposals makes a lot of light, a lot of sense when you see that as being afraid of bugs or afraid of mistakes uh, having been made by another person. Um, the way that he responded to me was something that makes a lot of sense. If you think that he believed that BCHN, for example, was the result of an uh, enemy operation, maybe BSV um, funding somebody in order to try to cause splits. For sure. um, and in this framework, the only 
way in which he can trust any code is if either he writes it or somebody that he absolutely trusts has written it. And this makes him very skeptical of outside contributions. And I think that that results in the perception that other people have said that he has uh, non-invented here syndrome, that um, he can only accept his own code um, because it's what he believes. And I think that, yeah, that probably comes out of fear. Um, I, think, um, I think that's probably the best insight I have ever heard about how ABC operates. And yeah. as you were talking, I'm going through all my private discussions in my head with various ABC people. And I think just about everything you've said is true. And I'm the opposite of that in my personal constitution. Um, I tend to be naive. Uh, I tend to be um, almost an ingenue where I'll try to talk to anybody about anything and, and I sort of assume they have a good, a good, um, assume good faith. Right. Right. And so, uh, it, it, I, we often with the ABC guys, I often talk past them and to a, a, a lesser degree, just cause you know, BCHN hasn't been around uh, that long, um, comparatively with the BCHN guys as well. But, I'll often stumble into these arguments and I'll be like, where is this coming from? Like, I'm just asking this question. And then I'll start to get all this sort of conspiratorial thing. Oh, you're here for this, or you're trying to feel this out. And uh, I think uh, I'm glad you said that. Well, I'm glad you added that paragraph and I'm glad we talked about it. Cause it's, it's, it's not sexy enough to, for most people to pull out and go, Hey, you know, and I've actually heard emergent reasons. Um, Again, I don't think he would he would get upset at this, but uh, I was asking him recently, um, uh, John Neary, uh, about sort of the ongoings, and I I, I might have made a joke or something in poor taste, and he said, "Look, it's it's not funny. Like, you know, this is this is a friend of ours, and and he kind of went into this thing where almost almost exactly what you said in spirit right now that he's kind of gone the wrong way, and I read it." And I was like, that is incredibly sweet. <laughs> and he didn't, he didn't know what to do with that. I think he's so used to the online debate of you're a dick, you're a cuck, and you know, all this other stuff that we actually had a moment where I was like, hey, that's a really good way to frame that. And we talked yeah. a little bit about emotional intelligence, and he teased me about it. But um, yeah, that's, that's a really interesting insight. So uh, with all of that maturity that you've uh, tried to enter into the discussion, I want to get into uh, some of the darker parts here. So just to, to bring I would us actually, back. Go ahead. I would like to continue on this a little bit. Yeah, more go, more. go, go. Because um, I think that, you know, it, the cryptocurrency community has often worked with like adversarial thinking. And we've often um, needed to think about all of the attacks that can be done and to prevent those attacks. And like, um, there's a healthy amount of paranoia that um, is needed in order to do that kind of thinking well, and Domri has that. And so I think that's one of the things that has made him good. Um, but as a community, we've been having some issues between balancing the need for uh, thinking about attacks and thinking about the possibility of shills or sibyls um, and the need to just get along with each other and to interact well. And there's like a fundamental conflict between the principle of assume good faith, which is like 
part of the code of conduct for basically every open source uh, um, development mm -hmm. organization that exists and the need for adversarial thinking. How do you reconcile those two things? And I think that like something that's actually starting to happen in the Bitcoin Cash space right now, and which is I think incredibly important is that we're grappling with that and we're realizing that we need to uh, find ways to get along with people and uh, to resolve these conflicts um, and to understand that like, um, yeah, if somebody bites your hand, that doesn't mean they're attacking necessarily. It just might mean that they're afraid or maybe you made some misstep or something. And we need to uh, work on these systems for, for resolving disagreements and for defusing them and for, um, for basically uh, getting along. Um, so yeah, that's something that I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Bitcoin Cash develop from here on out. And I think that if we do that, then um, perhaps we can actually have a healthy uh, development environment. We can start building, we can start doing all the things that we've always wanted to do, and we can avoid repeats of uh, this situation. Yeah, um, here, here. So with that said, let's go to the dark stuff. <laughs> Let's go ahead and trash this dude. And, uh, I'm joking. I'm, this is that's me talking. Um, so uh, what happens now? I think uh, part twelve of uh, Dark Secrets is, to my mind, what is going to be quoted if it hasn't already been um, from here into eternity. So you say there's no coming back from this for Bitcoin ABC as an organization. This is the end of life for Bitcoin ABC now. I've seen talk like that in one form or another in various Telegram groups. I've seen it in Reddit, uh, just about everywhere. Uh, Amri, you're fired, and we're going to fire Amri, and we're going to fire ABC. Uh, this comes at the end of a, just an, an incredible essay that's, that's super interesting, and I think even people who aren't particularly fond of you at the moment for whatever reason would say, yeah, that essay kind of does, it, you know, does, it, it does what it's supposed to do. Yeah, if you if I said that as like point one, people wouldn't believe exactly. it. But it's point twelve. Point twelve. Um, yeah. And you have a bunch of steps here. Um, you know, basically, you would call on every business miner uh, in the ecosystem to stop running ABC. Uh, people can read it for themselves, but revoke funding, um, make your make your claims public and clearly about ABC and Grasberg. This is you know. This changes in just a second, uh, but um, and then you say again. Here's here's the incredibly sweet part. You know, if you can offer jobs to the ABC guys, that's great. And you include uh, Sashay in that um, as a developer, but not as a manager. Exactly. So this gets this gets out. I hit you with this. Say, please, Jonathan. I beg you. You know, take pity on me. Come on the podcast. It's been a year and change. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about this essay. And you message me in the wee hours and you say, oh, all right, Jesus, um, just to get you off my back, I'll do it. <laughs> and then a few hours later, what happens? I actually don't remember. <laughs> like I, I, like the, the things hitting the public and the things hitting my attention were uh, sure. different times. Well, so with, within hours what? of this, within hours of this going out, uh, ABC and Sachet accept right. your ACERT and they implement or they, they propose their, or 
I have to be so careful. Um, but anyway, they're they're going to they they say they're going to implement an eight percent uh, code base uh, reward redirection. Tax. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to call it. It's a tax. Okay. Um, but the point being that this is hours after your your essay goes live, basically. You know, arguably the most prominent. I know you don't call yourself a developer necessarily, but uh, arguably the most prominent uh, uh, dev in the game right now from the VCHN side in terms of having street cred and respect from everybody says there is no coming back for this from ABC as an organization. This is the end of life. I wonder, and I haven't asked uh, him about this, but I wonder if he saw that, read it, or people quoted it back to him. If if Amari just said, "All right, f it, let's let's just do this now. It's time now to pull the trigger." And so, interestingly enough, the Tumen, Lundeberg, rather, um, Assert gets in as the DAA, but then <laughs> the IFP, under slightly more um, vague circumstances, come back, comes back or returns with an 8% um, redirection. So... <laughs> You know, I would like to correct up. you on the timeline a little bit, but go um, go. Yeah, so uh, it's currently Friday um, at 4 p.m. on the time of this building, filming um, right. recording. I published my article at something like 11 a.m. on Monday. Um, on Wednesday, I think, uh, an announcement was made, signed by every lead dev of every fold node implementation except for Bitcoin ABC, right. uh, saying right. that they are going forward with uh, ASRT3, my proposal, and Mark's proposal, and um, Jacob's and Zowie's and whatever, my team's proposal, um, is getting adopted by every single full node and most wallets and most of the critical infrastructure of uh, Bitcoin Cash. So basically that's a statement saying that it is ABC versus everybody else. Um, and then the next day after that was the announcement. Um, okay, good. From from uh, Bitcoin ABC. Yeah, and so then diving into that. Um, so they compromised by saying, okay, we'll go ahead with your S33 algorithm. And then they just revoked that compromise by saying, but we're still going to split. Like the, um, the IFP thing is a way for them to split. Um, the specific... Uh, requirements in their um, um, their Coinbase rule is that every Coinbase, um, every you know, block mined must include an 8% payout to an unspecified address, which um, we may guess might be um, Omri Sachets or Bitcoin ABCs or maybe some uh, intermediate fund. Um, mm -hmm. But in any case, a fund that ABC decides and nobody else has uh, any say in. And uh, because it's a requirement for every block to contain that, um, and uh, any block uh, that does not contain it will be ignored by ABC, this is an eff effectively an attempt at a soft fork. Um, and yes. depending on which, uh, or depending on how much hash rate supports this, this is either a user activated soft fork, or this is a 51% attack. Um, so, the only way for there not to be a chain split now is for it to be a successful 51% attack against uh, BCHN and BU and BCHD and et cetera. Um, most likely what's going to happen is it's going to be a, a user-activated soft fork. So 
um, I think this sounds like a commitment to um, having a split. Um, so mm. that suggests that, um, hey, maybe they wanted to split this whole time. Um, in my uh, Dark Secrets article, uh, point six, uh, well, point two and point six um, suggested something kind of similar to this. Um, so in point two, I mentioned that the biggest philosophical issue with Grassberg was that uh, it changes the coin emission schedule. Right now, we are emitting right. 900 BCH per, uh, per day with Grassberg for the next four years until the next halving. That would be reduced to 800 BCH per day. Um, so that changes the inflation rate, and that opens the question, um, who benefits, who suffers as a result of that economic policy change? And if there is somebody who benefits strongly enough, they might have a financial incentive to want to inf uh, enact that change. Um, and again, going into adversarial thinking, um, if there is an attack possible, then we as developers need to change or structure the rules of the system to make that uh, attack either non-profitable or impossible. And in the case of this attack, this is a political attack, um, potential political attack, in which a uh, rogue developer could uh, accept a bribe or could be coerced um, by threat of violence, by like a $5 wrench attack, um, uh, to add some code to the protocol that would benefit some mysterious uh, shady actor. And uh, that would be um, something along the lines of a bribe or uh, an organized crime racket or um, something that we probably you know, prefer not to have in a currency that's supposed to be worldwide, uh, free, um, uh, uncorruptible, uh, uncensorable electronic cash. Um, so I thought that we should uh, take the possibility of that threat very seriously, even if there is no specific evidence saying that that's exactly what's going on in this case. And because it's possible, we should make it impossible. Uh, that was point six. Then comes uh, what uh, Wednesday or Thursday, and uh, the announcement is made. And um, Bitcoin ABC basically just comes out and, and says that they are taking over the protocol for their own economic interest. And that was one of the really surprising things to me, that they just went out and said, hey, you know that 0.6 that you were doing? Well, screw it. We're just going to do it. We're just going to take it. We're going to do it explicitly, and we're going to not hide it. We're just going to say that we deserve 8% of all mining revenue yes. um, for Bitcoin Cash. And that was actually, yeah, that was the thing that surprised me the most. It is, it, it, it was, you know, I, I kept saying, wow, 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 and holy F and stuff when I when I read it, because I don't know what I was expecting. Uh, I think I'd become such an observer that. that I just kind of sat back and sort of let things play out in front of me. I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm saying I'd sort of become dull now to new announcements. And the Grasberg thing and the DAA was so technical that it, it lost a lot of us um, non-tech guys. Uh, the journalist side of it, and this was something I could sink my teeth into, and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is it. So from my perspective, looking at it as uh, someone who is, I guess, sympathetic to BCHN 
and was mildly against the IFP, although I never stated it publicly. Um, and someone's tried to kind of cover it down the middle. The 8% looks to me almost like what you said. So I'm going to skip over the politics and the attack and tax and stuff like that. It seems to me, and you're more than welcome to come back to any of that. He's, he's basically saying, look, I've had enough. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you a quick analogy. A friend of mine needed some legal help and he had some money and he called the lawyer and he's kind of an obnoxious guy. My, my friend is, and he was quoted a price, um, thousands of dollars for his case. And he came back and he said, look, the lawyer said I had all these great points and all this other stuff, but this is way beyond what I was anticipating. And I said, well, here's, here's how this works, brother. He didn't want to deal with you. So <laughs> he's, he's going to deal with you, but it's going to cost you a premium uh, to deal with you. So that's kind of how I'm looking at Bitcoin ABC. I think, uh, again, I have no insight. This is just me looking out. So I'm not revealing something or tipping a hand or signaling or anything like that. It's Amari and ABC going, you know what? These guys have so much momentum. Everybody's kind of going over there and doing this stuff. L l let's just let's just tip the hand now. Let, it's it's time. Let's just do it. It's going to cost you eight percent, you know. And I think even that figure can be fudged a little bit um, with regard to, um, I guess, some some of the math. But it's it's going to cost you eight uh, percent going forward to to deal with us. And he has said in everywhere. Uh, he's never, ever hidden it that, you know, he's tired of giving away software for free. And so I'm kind of trying to steal man him a little bit here. And so he's like, look, I've been doing this work. You know, you guys get the benefit of it. And the incentives are aligned perfectly now with regard to the, to the software and the miners. And if they want to mine it, they can. And if they don't, you know, there's now, now there's a viable alternative. Um, where, where's my thinking wrong? This is actually a really funny situation that we find ourselves in. Um, so you say you mildly oppose the IFP. Um, I supported it openly. <laughs> I didn't even think to ask. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I posted on Reddit and like, I, uh, actually had, um, like online disagreements with my brother on this because he strongly opposed uh, the IFP and I strongly supported it. Um, but uh, uh, after a few days of uh, debate on the IFP, I'm like, okay, so there are these, you know, issues. Uh, it really shouldn't be uh, like three addresses. It should be, you know, a whitelist and miners should be allowed to donate amongst them as they see fit. And oh, wait a minute, you excluded Bitcoin Unlimited from that whitelist? What the hell, man? You, like they're definitely this, the second most important um, and so, you know, there's like these things that I uh, didn't like. Oh, and by the way, 12% is 12.5% coincidental number there. 12.5% uh, is too much. You should do less, like, I don't know, 2 to 3%, something like that. And um, after a couple weeks of this, I realized that my opinion was definitely in the minority, and that was fine. So I said, hey, um, I kind of support the idea 
Um, I think there are a few issues still with the implementation. I think those could be solved, but it doesn't matter um, because the Bitcoin Cash community has uh, clearly come out on the side of no IFP. And I think that you know that's that's actually not an awful decision. There are other ways of funding infrastructure development, and if the Bitcoin Cash community wants to go down that path, um, I'm willing to explore where it leads. Um, so yeah, that was wow. uh, that was I think some piece of context that you are missing because like I think that yes, uh, uh, taxes and using that word intentionally um, are often a good thing, but they have to be done. Uh, consensually with representation and uh, right. they have to be done uh, without corruption for a public good. And um, there was a case to be made for uh, those things in the original proposal, but in uh, the subsequent attempts that uh, either hypothetically ABC could have been making according to section six or very explicitly made with their um, most recent 8% uh, tax, um, those are non-consensual. Those are not uh, supported by the majority. Those are grift. Um, so ultimately what we had is Grassberg was an algorithm that was supposed to do drift protection, but now we have a social algorithm uh, of kicking out ABC intended to do grift protection. Um, mm. That That is a twist I did not <laughs> see coming. I, I really didn't, and I'm so glad you said it here. Um, wow, that is, that is amazing.